Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Travel, life, and fun. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. You're listening to the Life Adventurous Podcast, presented by Say What Radio. Welcome to the Life Adventurous Podcast. I am so excited. Today is such a wonderful day. Of course, anytime we're working with spirit animals and spirit guides, it's a wonderful day because there's so much going on in the world, in nature. So I am thrilled to be able to introduce you to our guest today, which surprise, we have a guest. And as you know, I don't really bring on guests to the show very often, so they have to be pretty dope and pretty badass and pretty amazing to come on the show. And so today with Hawk Spirit being the name of the show, and this amazing guest, Melvin, Melvin D. Nix. He's a digital wizard, author, speaker, and spiritual enthusiast, and oh my God, so much more. We're going to have an amazing chat today talking about everything. You guys, your mind is going to be blown. So I'm going to welcome Melvin to the show. Melvin, welcome. Hey, Jenny. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me on board today. Yes, I'm so excited. And you know what is so cool? Like, so what had happened, guys, like if you haven't listened to any of these episodes yet, is for the theme with the cards, I had pulled cards for each of the episodes. And then Melvin and I connected and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get him on the show. And we had been talking and the whole time we were talking, like he had told a couple stories about hawks. And so I pulled out my hawk card and the hawk spirit card is let spirit be your guide. And I thought it was perfect because... I feel like everything Melvin and I have talked about and everything that you guys are going to hear today is really going to ring back to letting spirit be your guide. But you were telling me before we went on, tell your story about the hawk. So as you know, I have many of them, but just as early as today, my wife and I were doing a site visit for a client that we're going to be putting a project together for. They're doing a virtual conference. So we've been looking at spaces. And today when the gentleman took us to the very last place on the tour. It was a like an upper deck terrace that was open air and like four levels up into the sky above the city had a very good view of our downtown area. And before we walked away, a hawk screeched and just kind of circled over and flew by. So to me, that was just another synchronicity and confirmation from the universe because I found that when you've opened yourself up to listening to things of that nature, they happen all the time. Most of us never see them or we aren't aware of them. But when you just become a participant in life rather than just going along with the flow, things like that happen. And it seems magical. I love that. And of course, I mean, before we go too deep in all this stuff, I want to give you an opportunity to like just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about who you are and what you stand for and what gets you excited in life. Okay. My name is Melvin D. Mix, and I'm a veteran of the U.S. Air Force. So thank you. After during my time, you're welcome. After doing my time serving in the military, I basically did a lot of technical type of jobs and things of that nature. But my passion has always been for art. And I've been an artist my whole life. But as with any other artist, your parents grow up and tell you, you can't do that for a living. You're mm-hmm. never going to make money. You know, so Man. fortunately, This was around the time the Toy Story had come out and they made the software available to consumers to learn how to do 3D animation. So I taught myself from the manuals how to do 3D animation. And from maybe three months into that process, I got myself hired at a news station. So the reason why I call myself Digital Wizard is because there have been many occasions where I've had to make magic for things on screen where I was giving very little assets, you know, (laughs) 
I would have to come on and maybe do a car commercial, but I have no footage of the dealership, no footage of the cars. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Oh my gosh. We could probably have a whole nother conversation about that. Oh yeah. So anyway, getting beyond that part as an artist and developing my career, you know, I've worked on movies and things of that nature, but the spiritual aspect of me kind of never quit calling out to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I came from the church like a lot of Americans do, you know, I was raised Baptist and things of that nature, but I was always very interested in moving deeper than what I was hearing. And as I got older and would study history and, and, look at the universe a little bit differently, my mind frame was just not satisfied with the common things that you hear if you go to a normal church. Mm -hmm. Because I'd always believed that the universe is much larger than just the story that you hear. Mm -hmm. And my life experience was showing me, you know, differently as well. So fast forward to now, I have been doing a lot of spiritual teachings because I've just kind of opened myself up to the universe. And I believe part of my purpose is to be a spiritual teacher because the information just comes to me. Mm -hmm. And as I get, you know, an idea, I'll be out back, you know, just in the morning drinking my coffee and an inspired thought would come to me. And it would, it would have not just one aspect of it, but like the entire story would come. Mm -hmm. And so I would just make a notation in a journal about that information, do a little bit of study and, and just share that information with the world as best as I could. Because, you know, particularly with the day and time in which we live, I think that the world has gotten to a place to where it's vital to know who you are, to know why you're here, because all of the constructs that we've been given have all fallen down. You know, mm -hmm. the, the whole idea of you go to work and you do this and you do that and you go home, that's all gone now. Mm -hmm. Most people are not retiring the way we were told you could retire. And we're having to find a different way of living. And I think the sooner you connect with who you are and connect with your spirit and allowing spirit to lead you, I think the better you will be. And it'll help you and myself and others who are open to that to really be able to navigate life as, as we know it today. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you said. And I just would love you to speak into that a little bit, right? With where people are right now, safety being potentially realistically or even from a frame of mind being challenged and then even too from the spiritual journey, or like you said, the constructs of how we're spending our time have changed dramatically in so many ways. So maybe just, if you can speak into that a little bit more. Sure. Today, if you think about everything that's going on, we have some old problems and we have newer ones, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the social injustice going on left and right. Mm -hmm. We have a pandemic that's happening. We have a bad economy that's going on. Some people think it's a great economy, but then you talk to people who have been looking for work for months. Mm -hmm. And so even the way we come to understand education, students are learning from home now because they can't go back to the classrooms. And in some instances, they've started going back and now they're realizing that it was a mistake to do that. So the way in which we have come to learn and know and, and really understand our way of life here, at least in the United States, is completely different now. We're having to remove ourselves from things that we're accustomed to, you know, socially being able to just mix and mingle and and even from a business standpoint to meet new people, you can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Now everyone's kind of behind monitors and screens and it removes that human element. And with a lot of that going on, if you don't have any way of connecting with spirit at all, there's an element of your life you're going to feel that's missing. Hmm. You'll notice that you don't feel as happy as you could. And things start to feel a little artificial. 
because the connecting point of all human life is love, you know, and if you're not able to receive that love or express that love in a way that is genuine, life could start to feel very artificial. Until you are able to come to terms with, hey, the world is the way that it is right now, but what's my place in it? How can I be a part of life and be a part of touching humanity, even though we have all of this stuff going on? And one of the best ways that I found personally is to just go inside because once you go inside, you realize you are a part of this vast universe, as we all are. But once you start looking inward, you start connecting with who you are, and the universe opens doors mm-hmm. for you to be able to meet and engage with the people that are designed for you to be a part of their lives. So do you feel like with everything that you're talking about, and I think we talked about this before when we had met prior to the podcast, is everything about the transformation through spirit having to do with your new philosophy? that you teach? Absolutely. I believe that any change that you want to make in your life, no matter how big or how small it is, whether it's losing weight or getting a particular job that you like, rarely do we think about it from a standpoint of working with who we are on the inside first. Mm -hmm. Now, the importance of that is this. Confidence comes from the inside. Great ideas come from the inside. But until you understand that, you'll look around in the external world trying to be inspired, trying to find a way to build your own confidence levels and things of that nature. But it's not something that's going to be meaningful to you as an individual because you can't teach something. Some things you have to learn through life experience, right? Mm -hmm. And confidence comes by really owning and accepting who you are. Well, the only way to do that is to begin to look inside and connect with who you are. Okay, so... How? Like, I feel like that's the age old question, right? Because especially like, I feel like one of the things that I feel like would help so many people right now is what you're talking about, right? Connecting more with yourself. But I feel like unfortunately what a lot of people, and I say this with love, but they get caught in the trap of is like feeding and guiding and and running their life off of the external things, the news, social media friends, et cetera. And then that becomes almost, well, I may be getting a little bit like borderline like on this, but that becomes your religion. That becomes your world. That becomes your life. And then you kind of become the word that's coming to mind is like a slave to that, where that's just, it just dictates everything that you're doing and you run all of your decisions through that lens. Yeah. And so if that's what's happening right now and you're, I would say if you're listening and you're going, huh, is that me? then definitely want to listen to the next thing that Melvin says, because I was going to ask, like, how do you get from that when this feels so real? Yeah. How do you get from that where you're being driven by all external things? How do you get from that to the internal? First of all, that is a very good question. Now, as a spiritual teacher, I like to use examples. I do object lessons and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use one of my favorite movie references that I think personally helped me. And maybe it'll help the audience to understand how to really go within and see how this all works. Did you see the movie The Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, there's a very subtle scene in The Matrix that I don't think a lot of people noticed. It was the first time after Morpheus brought Neo into The Matrix, they were in the car Mm -hmm. ride. And Neo was looking out of the windows. He said, there was a restaurant. I used to eat there. And then he turned to Trinity and said, so are you trying to tell me that all of these memories that I have, none of them ever existed? And the thing that Trinity said to him was, all that means is that the matrix cannot tell you who you are. Mm. 
Mm. You follow me so far? Yep, yep. So now take it into our lives. Mm -hmm. Who you've become and what you know about yourself has been conditioning. Unless you've come along with the understanding that, okay, I'm a human being with a spirit. And my spirit can be conditioned. You know, science will call it your subconscious mind and things of that nature. Mm. But if you follow what I'm saying, all of our lives are pretty much the first, let's just say, 18 years of our lives, we're told who we are. You're told by your parents. You're told by your community. You're told by your school, sports that you're a part of and friends that you have. All of that shapes who you are. But where have you inserted yourself and determined who is Jenny? Yeah. Who am I really? Would I even like softball if it didn't come to me from my external conditioning? Would I be doing something else? Ooh, you get deep. Right? Love it. So until you have the very fundamental understanding that one, who I am and who I've come to be may not necessarily be who I am in the first place. Mm. It sounds crazy, but the thing that balances that out is when you find yourself doing something, whether it's for a living or a hobby, or however you're spending your time, those moments when you're having a tough time doing it, that's the universe trying to get your attention. Ooh, you know? Okay. You may be doing something that for years you have never questioned. Okay, this is kind of what we do. We get up and we go and do this thing or do that thing. But something on the inside of you is always kind of eating at you every time you do it. That is the time that you take notice. Mm. And you give yourself permission to follow that train of thought. You know, it's it's kind of like you step outside yourself and observe, okay, why am I really feeling like this? Mm. Why is it that when I'm around this particular person, even though we're able to talk, I just don't feel connected to them the way they may feel connected to me. That's a key. Whenever you are spending your time doing anything, you know, you, you always have, because we're connected to the universe, it's hard to describe in short order, but there's always going to be something that's trying to lead and guide and direct your life to get you where you're supposed to be. But most of the time, we never learn that that's how life is. And we're conditioned to never look on the inside. We're conditioned that when we have those moments that the universe is getting our attention, a lot of times we just toss it to the side because it may not match the social order. Mm. I'll give you a short story. There have been many times where... I have met people and the very first time I met them, something on the inside of me felt like something was not right hmm. or something was off about the person. Mm -hmm. And you could be smiling and laughing and, and joking and having a great time, but all along on the inside of you, something is not right. And then I find out months later the reason why I felt that way. But a lot of people ignore that voice. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I call it the urgent resolve. It's, mm. it's, it's the part of us that does not allow us just to go along in life. And when we participate in things, that little nudge that we get that's trying to get your attention, if you ever listen to it rather than just blowing it off, that's when you really start to wake up and those connections with who you are on the inside begin to reveal themselves to you more, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does. And you know, it's interesting as you're going through this, I think you maybe unearth something that it's going to be something Ha, huh, you know, it's gonna be interesting. So I'm like, even like, I, I'm like holding my tongue because I'm like, I don't want to say it because I feel like when I say it, then I have to follow it. Even though it comes from that urgent resolve, it comes from those little nudges, right? Like you brought up softball already, like softball. I like playing softball. I always have. It's always been a huge part of my identity. I've been inducted into two hall of fames. 
And if you've listened to my other episodes, not just you, Melvin, but everybody, like if you've listened to other episodes about, you know, the bench warmer episode where it was like my first time riding the bench as a, you know, a, a good softball player, it was eye opening, right? Yeah. And so what happened was, is like after that moment, I feel like it was like my ego was driving the decisions and my ego wanted to be really good. Like I was once one, you know, in the past and I still am good, but like, I'm not as good as I want to be. I'm not as good as I think I am and all of that stuff. But also it's like for, I think like a year or two years, I was chasing that. I really wanted that to be. And then this summer, what happened is I ended up falling in love again with volleyball and it was serving like a, I mean, I've always, always been like a multi-sport athlete, but Volleyball is just fun. I love the people. I feel like they're my, they can be my friends even outside of the sport. Like it just fueled something different that softball became not as exciting. And I've wondered because I, I don't, I've let go of softball once and then I regretted it. And so I was like, I just wonder because I feel like that same excitement is not there with softball. So maybe finding like a new way of excitement or maybe leaving the sport. I don't know if it needs to be that drastic, but as you were talking about it, I was like, oh no, he's going to make me bring this up. <laughs> like, this is like that nudge. This is that urge. Cause I've thought about it, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, I just got a new bat and I have all this new stuff and I can't leave softball. I still love it, but I feel like it's an ego driven thing. But there may be something in it where your role may be different. It may not be that you have to give it up altogether. You hit it. For example, I absolutely love 3D modeling. I can sit down all day and push points and build different things. But when I sit down to study any particular subject, it's like the universe opens up the entire book and I see things beneath the knowledge Mm. and connection points are made that really make things make sense to me. And it's, it's so easy for me. And when I found situations that I've been part of, you know, not only from a spiritual teacher aspect, but even in my profession, because that's part of who I am and I've learned that that's who I am, I'll get answers to things that come to me in my sleep Mm. or I'll take a lunch break and I'll see the problem and it just unfolds. And I think that's part of the beauty of finding and connecting with who you are and going within, because it's like having a treasure chest of secrets, you know? Mm. But you only have access to that treasure chest if you are in alignment with what the treasure is for. Mm. You you follow what I'm saying? So if I'm supposed to be in in trading stocks, for example, but I may be an accountant, if I ever step into trading stocks, that treasure chest will open up and I'll be more successful than my contemporaries Mm. because that's what I'm supposed to do rather than what I've learned how to do, Mm. you know? So that's another benefit of going within is you start connecting with who you're supposed to be. Rather than just going along and, you know, living life like everyone else, but never really finding out what that nudge was about when you were doing that one thing and something just said, maybe you should reconsider this. So what I'm also hearing here is the willingness and the skill or maybe the ability to, I guess, be open and flexible and let go. Because, for example, if I think about the softball thing, right? And this came up recently, too, when I was like, oh, you know, what if one day we want to live in the Caribbean? I don't know if we will, but just trying on that idea. What if one day we want to live there? Well, I don't know how much softball they play in the Caribbean, right? And so if that's like a big part of my life, then it's kind of going, okay. I mean, I'm sure they play softball, but as an adult competitive, what I want to do, right? So then it's like, okay, well, if we want to live in the Caribbean, how important is softball to me? 
because if softball is important, then Caribbean's maybe not the place. Or if Caribbean's the place, then softball needs to be let go of. So I say that because it reminds me of just as you get these nudges, I feel like it's a little bit of letting go and it's a little bit of ego. Absolutely. And so how do you help people? I don't know the right way to put it, so maybe you'll help me. It's like, how do you help people to step away from the ego? How do you help people to disconnect from that and really just stay with like connecting with their higher selves or their soul or their subconscious or whatever spirit, whatever the word is? Sure. I'd love to so, hear yeah. the, the way to let go of that, and again, this is not something I learned in a book. I'll, I'll just pull as many mm-hmm. instances as I can from my personal life. When I came into the understanding that I'm a spiritual being, I'm not trying to live. When you hear that term, a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm going to be more spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying in the most literal sense, you are a spirit. And when you have an understanding of that, if if we talk about it in scientific terms, they may say you are energy, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's the only word that they can use to define an invisible substance that's alive, that doesn't die, that, you know, has all these different properties. Well, that's what you are as well. No matter what religion you believe in, that's just fundamentally who we are as a species. Mm -hmm. We we, We are a spirit and we have a body. So when you begin to accept the fact that, okay, I am more than what I see when I look in the mirror. There's a part of me that can imagine things that don't exist, that can remember the past, that can give me access to knowledge that I may have had no previous information about, but I can't deny the fact that it's come to me. Once you open up and start accepting the fact that you're a spiritual being, the most important thing I think after that that's very helpful is to understand how our beliefs are made and be able to take control of that process. Because that is where the ego kind of fights. It's all a mental battle with the ego and it's fighting with your belief system Hmm. because it takes a situation to where you have to realize it's almost like I said earlier about stepping outside yourself and kind of observing yourself rather than just moving along in life Mm -hmm. because the ego is built about protecting the identity that you were conditioned to have. That's why we have it. So the way I was raised and the people that I was around, my ego was developed around protecting me in all of those environments, right? It's, it's kind of a self-preservation kind of an aspect of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it, it's fine, good, and well up until a certain point. When you start dealing with really engaging in life and, and trying to evolve and become truer to who you feel that you are, then it's a situation to where there may be a struggle, but you have to start letting that go. Mm-hmm. Part of that for me was when I was in church and the part of religion, I was so attached to that identity of myself that when life was showing me a different picture about spirituality and how the universe worked, I struggled for months. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was scary to realize that, okay, what I've come to know about who I am and how I connect with God, what if it's the lie? What if it's not true? Because a human being taught me this. You have to be able to allow yourself to let go of some things just to realize if it's even true or not. But until you are even able to begin that process, it's going to be a difficult battle to let go of the ego because that's all you've come to know. Hmm. It's, it's all you've come to understand. It's like a friend you've had your entire life, and now you're getting to part ways with them, and you're second guessing if you should be doing it or not. For me, 
It's about realizing in my life and my life experiences, always feeling that there was something more to life and that I wanted to be a part of it. You know, I never wanted to live and die and never live. Mm -hmm. Because when you look around at your family, you look around at life, you see people kind of pretending to be happy because Mm -hmm. they may have money. They may, you know, get to take the family vacation once a year, those little things. But rarely had I heard anyone say, you know what? I knew that I was born to be a particular thing and I allowed myself to experience that. And because of that, my life is so much greater than I ever thought it would have been or that I helped so many people because I decided to follow the inner voice on the inside of me and go in the direction that may not have been the best looking or may not have Mm -hmm. been the one that would have given me the most fame and credibility, but it gives my heart a sense of peace It gives me a sense of awareness that I never had before. And the way in which I'm in the world now is the person that I love rather than the person I used to be. Oh, you know, that just kind of hit something because I feel like there's also the thing that weaves in is like acceptance, right? Like acceptance by community, family, whatever. And I think that what you said can be a very challenging thing for someone to really follow their heart or follow their dream especially if it's not what was expected within that family construct or within that community construct. And it's not necessarily because it was bad, a bad direction. It's just a different direction. You know, just just a, a minor thing, you know, like what I realized is towards the end of my corporate career stint, whatever, is I was really starting to break out of my shell because I've always just, you know, I've I've been like, always extraordinary, right? Because I I do believe we all are extraordinary in our own ways and embracing that. But I also was, I followed all the rules, right? Someone told me that when I published my book, that in order for people to consider me credible, I had to wear like a suit. And like having a suit on my book that's called Rock Your Lifestyle, it's your life start acting like it. It's like, no, wait, like there needs to be someone like out traveling or jumping in the ocean or, you know, (laughs) like something else. Like it just, it, Yet, okay, does it really give credibility? Like I've always fought those things internally, but to really express them externally. And when I would hear people or meet people who I felt like really embraced that, for example, a friend of ours, Jacqueline Greenberg, she's a very successful photographer out of the New England area. I believe she's based in Connecticut. And she does a lot of really like high-end experiences and high-end photography. And it's more than just photography because it's also creating the art pieces that help with her clients. But I say that because she always tells a story and I'm, I'm so inspired by it. She had dreads for 16 years and someone told her, oh, you'll never be a successful photographer with dreads or you'll never, you know, break into the high end clientele with dreads. And she was like, mm, watch me, you know, <laughs> and then she's one of the top photographers. She's done like Steven Tyler's family's wedding or something like she's she's had opportunities and they didn't give a shit about her dreads. They nice. cared about how they made her feel or how the, how she made them feel, how the pictures captured the essence and the life and whatnot. And I mean, that's that's one example where I feel like someone just embodied who they were. Now, granted, I had to do with wearing dreads and that's like an ex, like a physical thing, but also, you know, too, you know, it's like maybe you always wanted to be an artist, like you said but your parents really wanted you to be a doctor because doctors make them good money. You yeah. know, it's being able just to follow that because I feel like when you're in the transition of making that change, it's very easy for people to influence you. Yeah. I think the common word is passion, but 
I love the story you just told because I'm willing to bet I've never met your friend, but just having the dreads and it's all about how you feel mm -hmm. about yourself. See, when you come to understand that, that you're a spiritual being and because of the connection that you have to the universe, you know that you are here for a reason. You weren't just born. It's not just some random occurrence because when you look at nature, everything in nature serves a purpose. Why should we be any different, you know? Mm -hmm. So her purpose is to be a photographer. She probably feels that in her entire body, that that's what she is. When she's doing it, she probably feels like a different person. And so really all she had to do, and like yourself with your book, is own and accept what makes you feel best about who you are, because that way all of the boundaries and the obstacles that people would place around you, you remove them altogether. Mm -hmm. So then you become an open channel to just naturally do what feels best. There's always going to be an audience for something that's authentic. Right. So for her, she she's the best photographer that she can become because she's not stopping herself with the ideation of, well, photographers have to look this way, dress this way, mm -hmm. talk this way, only do things this kind of yeah. You know, and there's an audience that she can reach that no one else could because she's authentic. And we all have the capacity to be authentic people, but a lot of us aren't courageous enough to pursue that for ourselves. Is that something that you help people do? Do you help them find the courage? Do you help them? Because you talk about transforming your life through spirit, but like, I still feel like it's such an intangible thing. What does that mean? How do we do that? I mean, do I have to sit in lotus position? Right. And like, like you said, like, I'm going to get these messages. I just feel like it's so intangible yet so valuable. So let, let me just talk about a day in the life of Melvin X, right? Okay. So the way that I operate is I've studied enough to, to just settle it in my mind and accept the fact that the universe is alive. And, and I learned a lot of this in my shamanic training about understanding that the universe is alive. I'm not talking about just space and the cosmos. I'm talking about the trees and the grass and the insects and the birds and things of that nature. That's all a part of an ecosystem of this entire universe of which we are a part of. And because of that, it's kind of like if you tell a fish to separate itself from the ocean. It's part of the ocean. The ocean is all it's ever known. And it's connected, it's interconnected. You know, so a fish describing water, it would be second nature to that fish. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not some abstract concept. Well, if you understand that you are part of every living being, every living thing on this planet. And the second part of that is not only am I attached, but I can communicate with it. Mm -hmm. You just have to learn how to communicate and how the universe communicates. Well, the universe communicates primarily through emotion and feeling, and we get intuitive urges and synchronicities that occur. So when I talk about being a spirit and being able to change and transform through your spirit, I'm essentially asking you to wake up to who you are by owning and accepting the fact that you are more than just who you've become. So in my normal day, I'll wake up and... As I go about my day, I may go to make my coffee in the morning and the clock shows me on the time that it's 8-11, mm -hmm. okay? Because I've kind of learned that that's one of the ways in which the universe talks to me, I'll go and look up what 8-11 means. And it may speak to a situation that I'm dealing with. Or 
I may go outside like I've shared one of my stories with the hawk before when I was really dealing with a tough time after leaving a job that was essentially killing me. Mm. People around me were corrupt. And I mean, just a lot of bad things going on. And I go out into my backyard like the next day and the hawk that, you know, hawks don't live in my neighborhood, but a hawk came out of one of my back trees to show itself to me. Wow. And this is before I really even knew a lot about shamanic work and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was just odd for a hawk to be there and to do what it did. Mm -hmm. So I just went to Google like anyone else would do. And I Googled up message of hawk and I saw all these different links, right? So I started reading into it and I just fell back into my chair because all of the things that that hawk's appearance, you know, that Google said that when a hawk shows up, it's to deal with being aware and being alert and giving you vision. It was a message to me about the life that I was living and being able to take notice of what all was going on and how that was affecting my life. It blew me away. Mm -hmm. So since that instance occurred, I've had other situations with various different animals. Like one time, I was dealing with another situation over loss of a family member that I was struggling with. And I was on my front porch one day and I noticed that there was a praying mantis there. I'd never seen a live praying mantis like that close before. I've always seen them on TV, but this praying mantis was on my window and it, I didn't want to kill it. So I just kept trying to nudge it, trying to move it out of the way. And this praying mantis would not leave. That praying mantis was on my window for three days. So wow. I went and looked up what happens if you see a praying mantis. Mm -hmm other message came. Yeah. So it's things of that nature. Once you open yourself and you open your mind to the possibility that you're not just here to live and die, but you're here for a reason. And that reason comes to you as you open yourself up to receiving that maybe you're somebody different. Mm. And when you open yourself up to that way of thinking, because it all starts with our way of thinking, it's all based upon our beliefs, even the ego. Mm -hmm. So when you open yourself up, to understanding that maybe I'm here for more than just what I've known. And you start taking notice of the people that you meet and the things that they say to you, just the random occurrences that happen. A lot of times, if you start to pay attention to those, that is the universe giving you direction. Mm. If you begin, to, it's kind of like following breadcrumbs, mm -hmm. you know, where I mentioned in the morning looking at the clock and it's 8-11. Well, that message may be, you know, something in regards to a change in my finances. So I may want to think differently or look differently. And I may go and go out about my day and another thing will happen. I may meet a person that talks to me about the exact same subject matter, mm -hmm. or I may be reading a book or something happens on a television set. Once you are opened up to those types of things, they just start happening, but you have to just kind of pay attention. And it's not hard work. The hardest part of it it's just removing your mind out of the way when it comes to, is this really real? Mm -hmm. Is this really happening to me? Or is this just a bunch of hoopla? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. once you get that out of the way, it's like magic in a sense. Do you keep like a journal of all those things that happen or, or how does that work for you? I absolutely have notes in my phone. Okay. I have a couple of journals, like hard copy journals that I, I wish I had one of them here to show it to you. But I have journals of things that happen to me when I wake up in the morning. If, if there's dreams that I've had that I know were more than just a dream, I write those down. Mm -hmm. All of those synchronicities, you know, even on my Instagram account, I started posting photos mm -hmm. of like if a random animal would come out of nowhere, huh. you know. Because I've learned in, you know, with the shamanic teachings that sometimes those animals have a very particular message for you. Hmm. 
You know, they call it medicine. Mm -hmm. Another quick example, one day I was out back. We don't live near the woods. Don't know where this turtle came from. But I heard this noise by on my back patio and I look over and there's this turtle. It wasn't afraid of me. It just kind of stayed there as long as it wanted to. And in my life, that's usually how it happens with these animal occurrences. They'll come, they will hang out for a minute. And when I acknowledge and own, maybe there's a message here. That's when they leave. Oh, wow. And then I look it. Yeah. And then I look it up. Lo and behold, the message of turtle is slow down. At that time in my life, my mind was going like this. And I was just just in a rat race, going back and forth, dealing with a lot of things that were stressing me out. But that turtle showed up and got my attention. And that was, to me, the universe saying, I need to dial it down some. And once I got the message and got the memo, my life started to change. Wow. So when you when you take those notes, do you go back and visit them? Or how does yes. it? Okay. So then what does that look like when you go back and visit? When I go back and visit them, it's it's the greatest proof you can ever have when you're talking to a person mm-hmm. about things like what we're talking mm-hmm. about, especially because I date things. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. if I put an intention out, for example, my wife saw this happen a lot in our marriage where I, I learned about putting intentions out into the universe. And this was early on when I started owning and accepting these things. And I would just write down on the dry erase board. I don't know if you can see when I have one behind me, mm-hmm. yep. but I have lots of dry erase boards where I'll go and put this month. I want to make X amount of dollars. I want to have contact with this kind of person. And I would just put things out there that resonated with me. So weeks would go by things would start occurring and unfolding and they would match what I would have on my dry erase board. Mm. And so I can always go back and say, remember when I wrote that now, this is what happened. Yeah. So in our household, you know, I take notes of things like this and when the manifestation of them occur or anything close to it, it's either memory that gets triggered or I may be reading my journal, just going through some of the notes that I may have that I used to encourage myself. And I'll see those things and I'll go, wow, I totally forgot that I wrote that down. Yeah. So it's like a gratitude. It's a, it's a, it's like an access point of gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, particularly if you get into the habit of taking notice of what's happening in your life, that's really when a lot of things start to unravel and unfold. And you begin to see more things because you may have a thought that comes to you that seems so random, but if you write it down, what you'll find Another example, I was dealing with another family member who was struggling with something Mm -hmm. and we were watching some series on Netflix. I don't remember the name of the show, but there was this song that really got my attention during a very dramatic part of this movie. As the song was playing, it was almost almost like this family member was talking to me word for word, the lyrics of that song. And when I touched base with them later on, they were dealing with exactly what was happening. Wow. Yeah. You know, as you're talking through all this, like some of the things, cause we talked about this before we went, we went live is, you know, my own spiritual journey. Like I know that I'm like extremely, extremely powerful and intuitive, but I don't think I have fully like embraced all of those things. Cause I, I do bring a little bit of that. Oh, I don't know. Is this it? Is this what's going on? <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause as you talk about some of these things, I've got two different questions. The first one is, you know, you were talking about, okay, you know, you're, you're manifesting these things, you're putting these intentions out. So question number one is, I feel like I've done that before. I didn't get a result. And so therefore I felt like it didn't work. 
So okay. speak to that because I, I bet there's other people who have been like, well, I've done the intention thing. I've wrote the stuff up and then it never happened. The biggest challenge that people have mm-hmm. when you get into the realm, because I know there's a lot of information out there, but some of the information is misconstrued a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I have found that works in my life, you know, which is why I study so much is being able to understand things rather than just, you know, watching a program, hearing, well, if you just change your thoughts, your life will change. Well, it's not that simple. It's more about when you get this kind of information, how do you integrate it into your life in a way that makes sense so that you can take action? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we make intentions, we have fixed in our mind the time frame in which it's going to take place and the way in which it's going to take place. And that is where oftentimes we miss it. Because if you think about it like this, the universe is so large that we may think the only way in which we can get an answer to a situation as if it comes wrapped in a particular package. Mm -hmm. But the universe has millions of ways to open up doors for us and to get what we need to us. But a lot of times our thinking around that hinders the process because if we think, okay, I need to make $5,000 by the end of next week and I need it to come to me through a job. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you don't get a job? Yeah. Is that to say that the universe doesn't work? Well, absolutely not. But how about you come at it like this? I have need of $5,000 for whatever this need is, and I trust the universe to get it to me the best way possible. That way, you've not limited the universe by interrupting the process with your thinking. You know, and and you hit it right there, because if I think back in those moments... What I feel like is exactly what you said. I had like, you know, I'm going to make six figures in six months or whatever. Like I had a lot of that because that's what I was hearing. That's what professional speakers were talking about, you know, make the big goals, whatever. And then also what you said, I think too, it's coming back to the ego, right? Like the ego is wanting to control, like you said, the situation and versus being like open to the process or open to the way that it comes. And I think there's a lot of other a type driven individuals like like myself listening going oh my god and your brain just unlocked i know it did i'm just like you where i've always been a go getter mm-hmm. and sometimes that can get in the way when you're trying to work with the universe because it's a different paradigm yeah. it's it's if you look at it this way you can live a life and everything you have and become is based on your efforts mm-hmm. okay that's totally fine but what about if you have limitations that are out of your control mm-hmm. What about situations that you cannot physically do anything about? Should that stop your progress? For a lot of us, it does because we completely alleviate the fact that, well, this is all my effort. What if I actually line up with a universe that's designed to help me get where I'm supposed to be and I open up that door, right? And so being a go-getter and then just understanding, okay, I don't have to work this hard if I just learn to work with who I am. You know, and I've learned that there was a program that I was trying to be a part of. It was an animation program in Universal Studios. And I had began learning some of this information from a book that I purchased called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murray. That book opened my eyes up to a lot at the very beginning of my spiritual journey. In that book, he talks about how that prayer, for example, Everybody prays, but everybody doesn't get answers. And he did this comparison where he said, you'll have a person who's very religious, a good person, a good-hearted person, but they will live a life of poverty and sickness and death. Then you have a person who's evil and corrupt and bad, and they live the best kind of life in the world. But what separates the two of them? 
And the thing that separates the two of them is this, their mindset and how they believe. And it's not who and what they believe in. It's the fact that one person owns and understands the power that they have through their belief to transform their life, whereas the other person kind of is put into a victimized situation because they're looking to God, looking to all these other external things, or even looking to themselves to fix their problems, Hmm. where instead you understand that, okay, if I am in need of a sewing machine, for example, let's just say I'm a seamstress, I'm in need of a sewing machine. The universe knows exactly where every sewing machine is that exists. I just need it to connect with me. So somebody could bring it to me through Amazon. I could go out and buy one. When you don't give yourself a limitation, there's a multitude of ways that it can come to you. So it's like you're essentially getting your mindset tuned in to the universe. And that's really where all the work is. It's just getting your mindset changed a little bit. And then you step out of the way and allow the universe to work with you. Does that make better sense? It does make sense. And and definitely right now, one of the things that I am, let's say, healing, growing, working with, and I've been working with an intuitive business coach is the feminine, the, the sacred feminine and okay. the, the art of allowing and the art of trusting that the universe will deliver you know, cause we just had our call. Oh, I'm getting, that means my mind's working too much. She told me if I'm feeling like energy in the front of my, like a headache that like, yeah. you know, my mind's working too much, but you know, like she told us yesterday that Jenny, one of the things is like the feminine, like you're more in the masculine energy than the feminine energy so much of the time. And me, I'm learning that. So what you're talking about, I feel like, like you said here, here, I could add this to my journal right now, you know, conversation yeah. with Melvin talking about allowing in the universe and, and flow, right? Like it's, it's resonating for sure. So, so let me give you like a little step-by-step thing, right? Anything that you, anything that you ever want to manifest in your life, here's how to go about it. First thing, give yourself time to think about what it is that you want. And when I say that, allow yourself to really connect with, if you imagine it or just have thoughts, this is how it all starts. Everything that we experience starts with the thoughts, right? So Anything that you want, let's say you want to take a vacation to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. sit down and just imagine what, what is it going to be like when me and my husband get to the Bahamas? What's the weather going to be like? What are we going to eat when we get there? And then you'll notice when you start to formulate this image in your mind, your body starts to connect with it. You start feeling emotions around it. You know, if it's a happy thought you have about a particular beverage that you like on the beach when the wind's a certain way, you, you'll start to feel it, right? Yeah, yeah. And as you're doing that, you are connecting with your spirit. And and before I forget, I'm going to come back and visit this with a parable that I think will tie this all together. But as you think about this, you're having this experience in your mind. Then what you're doing is allowing your brain to open up to the possibility of this being an experience for you to have. Mm -hmm. Once you do that and you kind of know what that looks like, All you need to do from that point on is to allow yourself to continue that process. Continue to think about it. As you get into the cycle of doing that, an idea will come. Maybe I should call a travel agent or you'll be online, you know, on Facebook. Something will pop up about, you know, have you ever thought about going to the Bahamas? Click here. You know, so you'll have those type of situations because it's like if you take an old school radio 
and you know you have to turn the dial to get to the station, uh-huh. all you're doing is turning your internal dial to connect with the universal station that's transmitting what you're trying to manifest. You're just aligning yourself. You're, you're that needle. So you're aligning yourself to that frequency. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask, you gave that example, right? Where like things show up. So here's, here's a question then, right? Where I feel like the critical mind comes in and questions things potentially. So we had said, okay, we want to do more podcast interviews. We want to be on podcasts. We want to do both for the rest of the year as a way to get our message out there beyond just here, you know, also be on others. And so in LinkedIn, I've gotten all kinds of people wanting to connect with me who have to do with podcasts, but then I feel like I've got my guard up. Like, who are they? Because most, a lot of people on LinkedIn connect and they're like aggressive and they're trying to sell their thing. So things like that, if you've aligned your needle, are those things you just need to click through anyways and get past your logical mind? Sometimes, yes. There'll be, uh, unless you really can fine tune things, it's really tricky in a sense because if you just open the gate and say, I just want podcast opportunities. Mm. Well, you're going to get podcast opportunities. They may, rather than, I want podcast opportunities that are going to connect with me doing what I'm wanting to do or talk about the subject matter that I want to be part of. That kind of narrows down and classifies things because the universe feels your energy and knows what you're desiring. But until you specify what you want, the net is too broad. Got it. So That's cool. it may take some sifting through when you've let it go that way. You know? <laughs> right, right. I, I've, I've learned to be extremely specific about what I want, not how it's going to come to me. Got it. But what I want. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now your parable, you said you would tie, and, or you maybe had a couple more steps because I, I diverted yes. you with that. I think I can do it with this parable. As I told you, I was raised in a church and all, but mm-hmm. my Bible study now, because I still refer to the Bible because I see it with different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. I see things and information that's there that more spiritual people can get and gain knowledge and change their lives from rather than a person just sitting in a church and listening to a pastor. So there's a parable in the gospel of Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus was teaching this story about a farmer sowing a seed. And he described how that he sowed, a farmer sowed a seed and the seed landed on basically different types of soil. And he spoke about how when the seed would land on the stony ground, how it wouldn't grow for various reasons. And when it landed in the rocky ground, so forth and so on. He gave like three scenarios. Mm-hmm. He did not explain the parable. So he, he just kind of gave it and he and his disciples left. The disciples came to him later and they said, Master, what did you mean by this parable that you told? Because they didn't even understand what he meant. And here's the thing that got my attention. Jesus said that, guys, I'm about to give you the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And I've come to know that heaven is not just some place you go to when you die. I believe he was explaining how the universe works and how we work with it. And you can see that a lot if you look into those types of things. But anyway, he said, here is how the universe works. When I made reference to sowing a seed on the stony ground, I was talking about how that whenever I'm giving you information about how the universe works, if you don't understand it, that information gets stolen from you. Hmm. That was the first scenario. The second scenario was you have a person where you may hear and understand like what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. This is how to manifest from the universe. But you get excited but you have not taken the time to allow the information to get rooted into your subconscious. And he talked about how that things that causes that to happen is worry, thinking about things that are not in alignment with it, 
and just thinking that money is the end all be all to all of your problems. Mm. So that pattern of thinking disconnects you from the pattern of thinking of how the universe works. So that never gets sewn into your subconscious. But then you have a person who understands that everything that I want exists right now. The universe is here to work with me. So what I'm going to do is allow myself to sow a seed of thought, because that's what the seed is that he was talking about. When you have a seed of thought that you allow to sit with you, eventually that seed of thought is going to develop into a pattern of thinking. And that's what the law of attraction is really about. It's not about, well, I'm just going to change my thinking to all positive thinking. No, Mm -hmm. it's more about I'm going to begin to feel what it's like to experience prosperity in my mind first. What would my life look like if I were a prosperous person? And you're just doing doing that at a level of thought. And if you do that long enough, it's going to become your pattern of thinking. Mm-hmm. And once that becomes your pattern of thinking, you're going to notice the way you speak about it and the way you begin to observe the world is going to be in alignment with the pattern of thinking that you've allowed yourself to develop. When you get to that point is when the universe, like Amazon, starts sending things to you, <laughs> because that is when you have literally tuned in to be a receiver of it. Mm-hmm. It's just like with the radio, you know? There's frequencies going on left and right going through our bodies from space, from satellites, right? Well, how do you catch that signal with your television set? All your TV is, is a receiver. Mm -hmm. You turn your receiver to the right frequency and you get ABC, CNN, whatever the station is Mm -hmm. on that signal. So look at yourself the same way. The universe is like a big satellite sending signals everywhere. But once you tune yourself into the frequency to get what you want, that's when you start to experience manifestation. And the struggle with the ego and all of that is what keeps us from finding out how to tune in. Hmm. That's and, and, you know, and as I was thinking this, I was like, all right, so if someone is feeling like, okay, I've got these thoughts that aren't serving me that are blocking this, do you help people to really step into that flow And if so, are you helping it through your brand, your book? Like, how are you helping someone with that? So what I do is I've I've been a little bit behind the last couple of weeks, but what I put out on my new you website Mm -hmm. and my Instagram and Facebook account, I do teachings weekly where I come on video and explain some concepts. And yes. Okay. Hold on. But I want to stop because like new you is not spelled the way you think. So go ahead and spell it out to make sure everybody knows. Correct. New you is spelled P-N-E-U-Y-O-U. Okay. And the reason why it's spelled that way is because it's taken from a Greek word called pneuma. And the Greek word pneuma translates to spirit. Mm. So I began this journey looking up when I began to understand that I'm a spiritual being. I started literally looking up what does the word spirit mean? And if you look up the word spirit, it just means vital force or life force. And oftentimes in ancient texts, it refers to breath and wind. So when you take a yoga class, they talk about focusing on your breath. Well, what are you focusing on? Your spirit. When you take a good martial arts class, they talk about chi in more of the Chinese tradition, or they talk about chi in most of the Japanese tradition. It's all talking about working with your spirit because they have an understanding. You know, when you look at acupuncture, any of the Eastern philosophy when it comes to medicine, it doesn't deal with fixing your body first. It deals with aligning your spirit first. 
and your spirit allows your body to be healed. Mm -hmm. And that's the premise that I was coming from with putting on the new you, which is the name of the show that I do, where I, from day one, started introducing the concept that you are a spirit. And then once I began to explain that process, I talked about the importance of how you feed yourself information, how your spirit receives that and how it integrates it into your life, you know, through your thinking. Mm -hmm. And then from that point forward, I began to talk about beliefs and how beliefs are made and how thoughts work, how the imagination works. So to answer your question, what I do is I put out information totally for free. I've written a book. I'm working on another book as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'm putting out information to, to help people. You know, because this information didn't exist the way in which I'm putting it out when I was coming along looking for it. I just knew that I wanted to experience life on a different level. And I knew that what I had come to understand was not resonating with me anymore. So I I got into a point where I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to dismiss everything that I've come to know about what spirituality is, about what religion is. I'm going to let it all go Mm. and begin to find and understand who am I really? And what does this all mean to me? And that's when things started to click. So when I decided to begin teaching this information, I wanted to teach it at such a level to where anybody who had any questions on the most fundamental level would be able to understand and follow along with what I'm saying and hopefully go back and do their own research and see that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's cool. You know? So that's how I try to help people. Yeah. I do have a few clients where people you know, have hired me to speak with them and with my Reiki practice, which is a whole nother modality of healing people, that gives me an opportunity to discuss and talk to them about the same things that you and I are sharing about today. And it helps to broaden their understanding and to accept that aspect of their lives. Very cool. So, you know, the book, I, now I want to know what's the book and what's the new book. If you're willing to share about the new book too, if you're ready, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the, I'll start with the older book. The older book is titled, You Are in the Middle of Your Purpose. Okay. And the reason why I wrote that book is because like any other people who may have struggled with their purpose, I grew up feeling that I had a purpose, but not knowing how to connect to it. And I would go to teachers that I had asking them, hey, what's my purpose? And they would say, well, you know, maybe you should go and do this because you're good at computers or go and do this because you're good at that thing. Mm-hmm. But it never really registered with me on the inside. And so even in the church, I would ask spiritual leaders who, you know, who apparently had some type of spiritual gifts. They didn't really get me anywhere anyway. And it wasn't until I began my own spiritual journey and the universe started talking to me and showing me your purpose is what you decide it is. You were born for a reason, but you're not just randomly saying, "Okay, I believe my purpose is to be a bus driver. It doesn't work that way. It's more about when I connect with who I am, then what my purpose is starts to surface. I start to connect with it. I start to get inspired ideas and and intuitive nudges that are like a puzzle. And so one piece may fall and then the next piece comes and then you begin to see this picture play out. Mm -hmm. That is what your purpose is, but you never begin to see it until you pull away from the current way of thinking about things and really begin to look on the inside. And when you have ideas that come to you and you begin to just sit with them, those are indicators. And so I learned that there's a reason why spiritual information just comes to me out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why even when I was in the church, people would come to me that didn't know me and they had problems that were problems that I wasn't even familiar with a lot of times, but these people would feel drawn to me. 
And in those conversations, it's like somebody else would step in. And I'm not saying I'm possessed or a ghost or anything like that. <laughs> it's more about, look very I real. Believe, yeah, I believe that I aligned with my purpose of being a spiritual teacher in those moments and the information that I gave them, they pulled from me mm-hmm. because that's what they needed to hear. I was just the channel at that point. Right. So instead of fighting with that and saying, well, you know, I don't want to waste my time. What if people think I'm crazy? What if people don't get this? But I found that the minute I stepped into owning and accepting, and I like the term you used, embodying Mm -hmm. who I am, that's when more of me being able to help people and transform their lives just started opening up. Mm -hmm. And I feel better about being able to live a life where I'm actually helping human, you know, humanity. Yeah find out who they are and they can better their lives and better those around them. And I think that's just a very good way to create change in the world because right now we're told to go and vote and maybe that's effective. Maybe it's not, but on the smaller scale, you can make a difference just by being who you truly were meant to be. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's the second book? The second book. So the first book I talk about how to find your purpose. Because that's an introductory to get you to own and accept who you are, how to connect with who you are, and how to begin to determine what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. The next book I talk about is how to manifest that purpose. And I talk a little bit about this parable that I was sharing with you, because it's all about manifestation at that point. Once you begin to understand that your thoughts really are things, and how your thinking works, and how that your thinking works with the universe to bring to you like a magnet. Mm-hmm. Your experiences, it sounds crazy, but whatever pattern of thought that you permit in your life attracts things to you that are a reflection of how you think. Mm-hmm. You know? And so in the second book, I, I like talking about how-tos. I like talking about practical things because I want people to know what to do. Because I've been in situations where I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anybody to turn to and go, hey, guy, what, what do I do to fix this situation? Yeah, yeah. And they're just, you know, that just wasn't available to me. But I never believed that life was meant to be that way. Because you look at another person, they seem to always have all the answers to everything. And, and I'm finding that more enlightened people are the ones that seem to know how everything works because they've connected with who they are. And they have a better understanding of how to access that when they need it. So the second book is more about that and how to come into alignment with that more to start seeing the tangible results. Because if you don't understand how the system works, then you could just be willy-nilly trying to do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you may light candles and burn sage and, mm-hmm. you know, do your affirmations every day and nothing changes. Yeah. Because you don't understand, you have to change first yeah. at the level of your belief. And that is what opens up the rest of it to you. So it sounds extremely powerful. When is it coming? Do you, are you in process? Is it close to coming out? I'm about halfway through the book, okay. you know, cool. but probably the beginning of next year, because, you know, once I get it all written and, and edited and everything, just to make sure it all makes sense, right? it'll be out then. But I'll definitely have, if people follow my website and they, they follow the podcast that I'm putting out, they'll know about it. Yeah. Awesome. So tell a couple of those things. Like I know you mentioned the new U-P-N-E-U you.com for the website. Is that the only way you want people to get in touch with you or how else do you want? So currently, if you look up new you on Facebook, if you look up new you on Pinterest, and if you look up new you on Instagram, oh, you everywhere. I'm everywhere because I want people to <laughs> find awesome. information. Cool. Yeah. So okay. if, they, if they just look up new you the way that I spelled it, <laughs> 
with my Instagram feed, it'll usually be a combination of different points that I want to stress that I'm going to be teaching a lesson about. Like the last run that I did was all about beliefs and how beliefs are formed, Mm -hmm. how the belief system itself works. And that, that leads up to a teaching about beliefs. Okay. Ones that I've done in the past were all about how you are spirit. And what I would do is I would start out by giving a thought that I had on Instagram. You know, I'd do a picture Mm -hmm. or what have you, Mm -hmm. but then I may quote Einstein where Einstein talked about anyone who believes in the universe itself will learn that the universe is alive and driven by a spirit. So for the person who may not get the woo-woo side of things, they may respect science. And Einstein said the exact same thing I just said. Got it. So it may resonate with them on that level. Yeah. So I always like to bring in various approaches to my teaching style so that it doesn't matter where you come from, that it'll resonate with you so that at the end of the day, you get the message. Yeah. Because whether you're an intellectual or just the person starting out, the universe works the way that it works and it'll work for anyone who learns how to work with it. And so I want to put the information out in a way that young people can get it or more advanced people can get it. I love it. And I, and I definitely am going to be following you and continuing the cover up because we're, we're friends. We're in, we're locked in. And I hope yeah. that you guys all do the same and you share this podcast and you tell all your friends all about new you and all about Melvin and all about this wonderful conversation so, because there's so many things that you could take into your life and integrate immediately, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing a hawk sometime within, you know, the few days around when you've listened to this episode, right? I bet you yeah. either just saw one or you're about to see one or you're going to see one in the next few days. Cause I was just thinking I saw one or I didn't see one, but our intuitive business coach was like, Oh, a hawk, like in our call <laughs> yesterday. So, I mean, it's, it's going to happen and that will be if you haven't had any signs that you've paid attention to, that'll be like your first one, right? That'll be your first intuitive nudge. You're going to put it in your journal. You're going to start that process. And I would encourage, I would encourage the audience now that they've heard us talk about this whole thing, wherever you find yourself, if any kind of, I don't care if it's a fly or a lizard or whatever, just, just as a fun game. If, if, you know, if you think this is all baloney, whenever you find yourself out and about doing whatever your thing is, Pay attention to any animal or, or any other situation that comes out of nowhere and just kind of hangs around. Hmm. You know, in, in the shamanic term, they talk about when, when an animal comes to give you a message, it'll be unusual. Like, uh, I'll give you one last example. I was dealing with a financial situation once. And I, was, I like to sit out back in nature when I'm thinking. So sitting out back and a wasp, which I have always been mortified of wasps and bees yeah. because growing up, they always stung me every oh. summer. <laughs> every oh summer gosh. they would get me. Uh-huh. So this one day, something flew into the side of my head and I felt it. And I just kind of did like that to nudge it out of the way. And I, when I knocked it down, it was a wasp, but it didn't sting me. The same wasp flew and landed on the table in front of me and wouldn't leave. It just oh kind of hung out there. And so this is after I've gotten a little bit of knowledge about spirit animals. So I'm just kind of watching this thing and it's just staring at me. You know, it's not buzzing around. It's just hanging out. So I had my phone with me. So I just went to Google and looked up spiritual meaning of a wasp. And right then and there, it told me information about how to how when the wasp comes into your life, how it's trying to get your attention around finances and how you should conduct yourself, how your thinking should be, how life may sting sometimes a little bit. but on the other side of that, it's a great blessing. Wow. 
So that's how that kind of thing works when you've opened yourself up to receiving that information. Oh, that's so cool. And I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we connected. I mean, that's such a powerful thing to leave everybody on because now I'm going through like my past experiences going, all right, what animals have I seen? What's going on? You know, who's around, who's talking, who's showing up and man, what a powerful episode, what a powerful person, what a powerful everything. And I just want to thank you. And I'm just so grateful that we connected and thanks for coming on. Yeah, I believe everything happens for a reason. I'm glad that we did connect and, you know, I'm sure that we will do some things in the future together, but it's been an awesome chance to talk with you again. You know, it was fun the first time. So I definitely appreciate the friendship that we're developing. Of course, you guys see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.